At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello all, and welcome to the first Sunday Q&A of 2022, brought to you from the sofa, because as usual, Charles is taking over the house's interior design project, so we just got rid of a pile of boxes for something she's doing, and um, she's up there doing her thing. So I've been relegated down here, which is fine, you have me, you have the large waterman Steve, and a light. What's not to like? Um, yeah, so firstly... Thank you to everybody for the Christmas wishes. Goes without saying. Hope you all had a lovely time. Ate too much, drunk too much, slept a bit, feel rejuvenated and ready to go back to work to take on that world in 2012. Just in time to come back to work and realise there isn't any work because it's straight after Christmas and it's always kind of quiet this time of year, but we'll come to that, I'm sure. So... But um, yeah, before we start, Paul Hamilton says, uh, I did a video on going to Wales. It went really well. I don't know why. I mean, suddenly it got like loads of views over the space of a week. I don't know why. I'm pleased. But, you know, hope you all liked it. Like, you know, I will do more as time goes on. Uh, Paul Hamilton says, love that, Pete. Um, it gives a feel of what the day might be like. Great storytelling. You should write a book. Yeah, thanks, Paul. I've written two. <laughs> You can get them by following the link to the website, or at the end there'll be a link that shows what it is. Uh, they're two very different books. Um, both I like them. I love them both equally in their own merit. If you decide to get, get them, I hope you like them. And also, I did actually put it out as a free download over Christmas. So if anybody did get a free download, if you read it, hope you liked it. Thanks very much for like you know, you know, just just for supporting really. Um, Monty Ludwig, he says, uh, thanks, Pete, for all the videos and podcasts. Always entertaining, inspiring, informative. He enjoyed the first book, and we'll read the second one. Monty, I hope you like it. Once again, they're out there. If you want them, they're there. Um, Conning Cookston says he's going to buy a paperback of the first one. Wonderful. He said, what about using an audible for one when driving? I have tried. It takes a long time. And, you know, when you're doing the, the, the exchange and running all the time and trying to build a business and writing books and doing videos, there ain't that much time left. But I never never rolled the idea out. I appreciate the fact that you guys are driving all the time. I do the Audible books. I did. I used to. I thought it'd be. I thought career driving would be good. A good opportunity for me to catch up on a load of reading. And I realised I started listening to books at like nine in the morning. By eleven o'clock, I was knackered. And I thought, this ain't working. Besides, I miss my radio. I miss my music. But I will consider it. I'll see how it goes along that one. So, um, um, and Steve Campbell says, um, I'll get your next book in time to find myself in the sales. Steve, stop with the sales thing. It's time to stop with the sales thing, Steve. And finally, Bill says, Christmas on the CX was dead. It is. Bill's Christmas on the CX because we work when everybody else works. So, once all the, you can guarantee that like the week on the lead up to Christmas, things will start to slow down because places are shutting. This is now the week lead up afterwards. I mean, so far this week, um, Monday I did Monday was observed New Year's Day, did nothing. Tuesday nothing because everyone's just going back to work, so they're just starting to rebook things that need to go out. Wednesday I did one job. Thursday I actually got two done. I thought I was only going to get one, and then I managed to get one to be dropped off in the morning and managed to drop it off that day, so I've got two done on Thursday. Today is Friday. I'm recording this on Friday. It will go out on Sunday. I'll edit it over the weekend. I've done one job today. 
I picked up in Dunstable, just around the corner from my house, drove to Reading, drove home. That's it. But it's time of year. I mean, hopefully you guys will have made enough money before Christmas to carry you over the hump. It shouldn't. I mean, I'd like to hope that from next Monday, we'll start to see things picking up a little bit more because things will start to reopening. I was speaking to Gem about it earlier on. She said, I've started to see more jobs being up for Monday now. We'd already got our jobs booked in early. I've got a bit cheaper as well because... I'd rather just have it, you know, I don't mind going a little bit cheaper when the choice isn't there. When the choice is, there's loads of choice, then I go a bit dearer. I adjust my price. It's supply and demand. I adjust my price accordingly. But I've got one booked in for Monday. Watford over to, I don't know, Red Hill or somewhere like that. We'll see. But hopefully things should start to pick up or start to get a bit busier from Monday. Let's see how it goes. So... First, now there's a, obviously I've been away for a little while, so there's quite a lot here. So I've basically covered everything up until the Courier Exchange in January. So if you left a comment on that video, I'll do that next week. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to cover everything up until that point. Because otherwise, I mean, it goes on long enough as it is, lads, you know. So um, let's see how we go. So how much experience do you need to go on the Courier Exchange? Um, Android Lloyd says, um, good video. He said, but I disagree with what you say when you don't need experience to work on the CX. Those members that don't incur bad feedback against them for silly things like co-loading and going 50 miles off route and off the tracker, uh, abrupt communication via um, failure via telephone, unprofessional, hasty decision-making, not through, usually turns out to be the wrong decision, accepting jobs and then declining for an adequate reason, not having any equipment to secure the loads, the list goes on. Experience is needed on the CX because it's all about service that is provided when the members are interacting. I take on board what you're saying, but there's a few things in here. Say, co-loading. Now, when you do the exam to join, the two things the exam basically tells you is, A, don't give your business cards out. Poaching is very much frowned upon. And B, don't co-load. So if you go through that entire exam and then co-load, you've either got another agenda or you're a moron because I never co-loaded. I mean, I, I, like I said, I came into this with no experience whatsoever and there was no videos at the time telling me what to do. I just did as I was told. Picked it up. And yes, I did make fundamental mistakes. And yeah, you do learn as you go and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, certain things like not answering the phone and um, co-loading, I'm sure that that happens for people that have been running for two or three years. So I don't think that's more about having experience coming into being on the exchange, much more what kind of a person as a career you are. And I think that will come out in your feedback ultimately, and that will come out in the wash in the long run. But take on board some of the things you say, you know. But as for the co-loading things, they tell you when you join, don't co-load. You don't co-load. It's a hot shot. It's like a taxi. You don't pick up two different families and take them into town. You are dedicated. If they do it, I don't think that's to do with like not being, having experience going exchange. I think that's just about personal stupidity, personally. There we go. Um, Wayne Grubb. He said, I thought I'd ask your view on negative feedback. I received negative feedback about a year ago. Basically, he bid on a couple of jobs at the same time. Both companies sent me the job at the same time. This has happened to me. He accepted the first one, rung the second one, and said that they couldn't do it because they've already accepted the first one. The company said, you, you've already been booked. You, sh you shouldn't be bidding on two jobs at the same time. Uh, no, we all bid on more than one job at the same time. That's nonsense. We all scattergun. I'm not going to bid on one job and then just sit there and hope I get it. Because... It doesn't work that way. And I think, I, I mean, I, I often have to ring people and go, look, you just sent for a job, can't do it now, already booked on another job. Particularly, as a lot of the time, they send them through without phoning me first to say, are you still available? And I go, you sent a job through to me, not available. And they just go, okay, fair enough. Because I've been on many jobs. We, we, you know, we've, we've also, bearing in mind we're a company, we, we've got three, four lorries on the go now, with three soon to be four, I hope. Um, we're bidding on jobs all the time. And that's not guarantee you're still free. Etiquette really says that they should ring you first. As for negative feedback, it does fall off. I think it's after about three months or six months it disappears. So it's only there for a little while. And also I think that as a shipper, you've got to be wise. If someone's got like... I'd rather take on someone who'd done 100 jobs with 98 positive and two negatives than someone who'd taken on 10 jobs, all positive. Because I think, well, they've only done 10 jobs. This one's done 100 jobs. And even with the best will in the world, sometimes things go wrong. And even with the best will in the world, sometimes things go wrong. You, you do sometimes get what I would say is um, unsympathetic shippers. Where you ring them, you tell them the situation, they kind of go, it's not my problem. 
but it's not my fault that you know there's an accident on the M1 and I made it there two hours late. But 99% of people in, in Australia found it good. So um, as for negative feedback, wouldn't worry too much about it. Just keep plowing on forward, doing a good job. We once had two negative feedbacks on. I think we got none at the moment. One was because one of the drivers we employed at the time broke down and didn't ring the shipper for an hour. We got to put our hands up on that one. You go, and one because. Um, that was that thing I told you about. They sent a job through. We said, we can't do it. We're booked now. And they said, no, you said you've got to do it. And, and we, we put it to the CX and they upheld it. And it was like, no, I still, I still think they were wrong on that one. But there you go. Um, right. Why am I still in an 18-ton? Despite the fact I passed my class two in, I think it's April time, I'm still driving around in, in, in a seven-and-a-half ton. Sorry, why am I still in a seven-and-a-half ton? Um, well, basically because I've still got a seven and a half ton. And secondly, the other main reason is because I've not been there for a year yet. So my insurance gets a little bit dear if I want to jump in the hire truck at this point. The joke is I can drive a seven and a half ton for an entire year, jump in the 18 ton, my insurance goes down. I've had no experience of driving an 18 ton whatsoever. Having said that, the, the one I did in my test was pretty much identical to my seven and a half ton. The whole thing's all skew with anyway, but it just is anyway. But I'm, I'm basically the reason I drive around in Alice still is because I bought Alice and I'm happy with her. Um, Jason Burke says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I agree with you, Jason. Although there are times sometimes, particularly this time of year, where you go, I ain't a lot of, I ain't a lot of work out. I just see why I sat there if I had an 18 turn. You go, oh, could have done that one. Oh, could have done that one. It's times like that where you think, you know. But there's always, you guarantee you're always in the wrong vehicle. Whatever you've got, you'd need ADR, or you'd need a HIAB, or you'd need a fridge, or you'd need a flatbed. Whatever you're in is going to be wrong. Godzilla's. He said, there's also the small matter that if you want the, if you want to drive a seven and a half ton, you have granddad rights, which is true. I could jump in. A, I started driving around my seven and a half ton long before I passed my class two because I've got granddad rights. Um, all you need is a driver's CPC card. That's it. My CPC runs out in October. Um, not got around to renew it. Um, I'm, I'm giving. He's going to wait until Christmas and then when it's quiet. What you can do with a CPC, what you're supposed to do, what they recommend, is just do one a year. But I don't really want to do one a year. I've done it, and I suppose in four and a half years' time, I'd rather have a week off and just do it. Boom. Done, like, you know. Because I don't know where I'm going to be in four and a half years' time. Or if there comes a time when maybe I'm off the road for a couple of days because something happens to one of the trucks, heaven forbid, I'll go, look, I've got a day off today. I'm going to book the course. Driving hours will be the first one. <laughs> if you're going to do anything twice, do that one. It's complicated. Um, to main name guy, he says, um, seven and a half ton dafts are easy to drive and comfy. As you say, then it's nice being able to drive through seven and a half ton width restrictions and have a two point foot, you know, and have like the right dimensions and all that kind of stuff. It goes under low bridges. I can get under 3.8 meters in mine. It's not that far different between the 18 tons, I'll be honest with you. Because although the running gear is higher, the, the wheels are much bigger, the clearance on the box is smaller. So whereas I've got 250 through my side box, they've only got 225, but they've got bigger wheels, 25 centimetres different in the wheels. So you've got less space. It's weird that the, the truck can carry more weight, but it's actually got less room to carry it in. Having said that, when you're loading pallets of coke or bricks, don't need a lot of room. <laughs> well, not that much anyway. Um, it says, um, when my, it's when my, when my driver's CPC expired, it was a pleasure losing TACO regulations. I much prefer driving the new VW Crafter van instead. The TACO is a pain. It is a pain because you have to keep watching. You're constantly watching it all the time. Having said that, it's something you get used to. So as time goes by, you just know, right, clicking down, how long have I got, where have I got to go, better stop here. It, you get in a habit, you know, you get in a routine of things. You learn how to adapt to it. It's not too painful, you know. I did do a video on how to do, like, the Janet and John version of it, how I work, and it works for me. And the fair is Steve Campbell says, you can hire an 18-ton from Enterprise Van Hire. Steve, I think the problem with this is if you hire a truck, you're kind of hiring it on a restricted license, which means... Unless you put it on your license, unless you put it on your own license, which means you then got to have a space to put it on your license, you can only have you carry your own goods. So when they when they're hiring like vehicles, what they're really doing normally seven and a half tons, and they're normally hiring it to people, members of the public with old licenses, so they can move their house on a Saturday. I don't even know how much that goes on anymore, but I don't think you know, we put this one out to the wise guys. I'm not sure that if you hire a vehicle, you can then just run it. Like you can go, well, my lorry's broken down, so I'm just going to hire one and use that instead. Please, let, let's, let's let the people know who are better than me. I don't think it's that straightforward, but let me know, because I, I know nothing. I know nothing, as usual. Um, 
Callum Wayne says, Pete, I was just wondering how you work alongside your business partner. Does the office book your jobs as well as the other driver's jobs, or do you still do most of the bidding your work? Callum, I still do it the same. Basically, I kind of still run the same way as I did when I started, but I just run in the lorry. So there was a time when Gemma would bid on jobs for me, and sometimes she will ring me up and go, I've just had a phone call in. Do you want this job? Are you free? But normally, I just work myself, and I leave them to run the trucks. So they run Harry and Gordon, and I run myself. Um, I'm happier that way because I've got a better idea. I don't. It's, it's otherwise just Chinese whispers. I'm ringing them to say where I'm going to be and where I'm going to be. I know where I'm going to be. I know I've got a better idea than anybody probably how long I'm going to be there for, how long it takes to be loaded. I know when I can start bidding on the next jobs. I'm happy with the price that I'm happy with, so they leave me alone. And then at the end of the week, I collect all our paperwork, including mine, send it in the office, and they do all that kind of stuff. So I don't actually have to do any of the office side of things, which I used to do when I was in a van. Um, having said that, I mean, we'll maybe one day get to the stage where I'm less and less in the lorries and more and more office-bound, office, office bound. maybe by the end of the year, maybe by the end of next year, I don't know. It's where I'm aiming for to try to find out how it works on the other side of things, just from my own curiosity and, and because I think it's the right way forward. And, uh, hey, I could share it with you guys. Who doesn't love a bit of information sharing? Not everybody. <laughs> Supercross says, can't a lever tail lift all the way, Pete? I mean, I mean, agree. can't a lift the tail lift? That's the one that's like that and goes like that. The one I've got at the moment is like that and it goes kind of down like that and then like that. Which is when it's like that and you've got to drag half-ton pallets on it up a 30-degree incline, that's no fun. Yeah, no, a can't a lever. If that's the one you mean, the one that's always level, comes out like that, goes up and down like that. I think, I think the hand draw, honestly, I think these diagrams, second to none. Who needs technology when I can do this look? I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing at this point. <laughs> right, M4 Production says, I remember you saying you prefer um, stick to your manual transmission. Most trucks you were looking at are automatic. When you get an 18-ton, get an automatic, mate, give it a go. Trust me, it makes life so much easier. Recently, I bought an automatic car. I haven't driven a manual in three months, and suddenly the agency sent me to drive a DAF 26-ton, eight-speed manual splitter. Thank God it was at SI work, the only, and I only had to drive a few miles the entire shift around Heathrow. The first time driven a splitter, and probably the last. I've got to be honest with you, I'm coming around to your way of thinking, and I spoke to my mate Ian down the end, and he's just bought a new truck, he's driving Arctics, and he's just bought a new DAF, and he went, he said, I made the mistake of getting myself a manual, and he said, and I've been driving it for a while, he said, it's automatics all the way, Harry says automatics all the way, the only thing that bothers me about an automatic is to pick up on a roundabout, so or pick up on a junction where you put your foot down, start to go, and you go... Whoa, nothing's happening here. But you do the kick down thing, and I think it's something you'd get used to. I think, no, I will. I will go for an automatic. Also, I'm not getting any younger. I'm in ESA. So, yeah, I think I will be. And Harry's got a really cool automatic. He's in the Merc. He's got this thing. It looks like the throttle of a space shuttle. I want, I want one of them. <laughs> Still like the gear sometimes, though. When you're in the open road and you're in a sort of A road, you come over the hill and you bang it in the gear and you think, oh, this is all right, this. <laughs> Anyway, but I still think you're right. I think I could take you. I think I will when I look for my 18 ton. I will look for an automatic. Or what will probably happen is eventually we'll get enough drivers on board and we'll get fleet, and then I'll have to drive whichever truck is free because I'll be the spare man, which will be good because it means that I'll get to drive each truck and make sure it's always okay. That's we'll see. Watch your space. Who knows? Right. Also, did that one on um, worst job, best job, where I wound up in the middle of Stratford. Oh, mate. <laughs> Stuck in the middle of Stratford, where you get no signal because it's like being in a concrete bunker, with four pallets and very expensive perfume, two broken lists thinking, oh, I have to get up a flight of stairs with these. I'm going to have to leave one. I've got no idea how I'm going to get out of that. Like I say, not every job is a winner, but it's always a challenge, and it's interesting. Um, Steve at SDC Services, he said, it's like flip a coin, especially when you're doing this kind of work. It is, and I tell everybody, I say, you know, not everyone is sort of, I've had jobs where I've seen the most fantastic places, I've had jobs where I'm thinking, get me out of here. But there's that phrase, this too shall pass. It will go, you will get out. And none of them are that bad, not really. I can't remember the really bad ones. I think my mind just actually blocked it off because of the shakes that I get when I think about Um M4 Productions said, I've been to Stratford Westfield as a delivery driver before. It's an absolute maze. I've always gone underground shopping centre runs. Um, 
trying to find a shop going up and down different floors with a pallet can take you a while. When you've got multiple pallets, um, the, the, apparently the shopping centre in Canary Wharf is just as bad. I didn't know they had one in Canary Wharf, I'll be honest with you. I guess that's for posh city broker types where they sell lots of really expensive watches and things. But, um, yeah, no, they're a pain. You're right. Uh, domain name guy says, worst day driving. He says, plenty learning new drop routes over the years. Um, getting, yeah, oh, hang on. And slam locked in Mercedes 308s. I think basically it goes on a while. There's a, there's a comment on, on worst days. I think we've all had some worst days out there. None of it's been shiny, has it really? Like, you know, sort of. Um, uh, Godzilla says, don't get me started. He says, um, go on, what did you do with the pallets? I'm getting around six to ten blank new looking euros a week. Um, oh, yeah, that's right, because I said I might be able to get rid of the pallets on the end of this job. At the end of it, didn't work. I rung the pallet firm. And I said, I've got like, you know, 10 blank tidy pallets, e-pal pallets. I said, I'm going to be in you. I said, you're probably not that interested. I can be in there about four o'clock. He said, four o'clock's our busy time. That's when all the trucks don't up. I said, don't worry about it. Forget it. So what I did is I left them on board. And when I went to the next job the next morning, I said, you want some pallets, mate? He went, yeah, we'll take them. So they went. Now, the whole idea of actually, if you get left with spare pallets, the whole idea of using the pallets for money is probably a mistake. Yeah, so I recommend that what you do really, get it off. If you've got any rubbish on board, try to... The next place rack, do you mind if I use your skip, mate? Do you want these pallets, mate? Any, any, can you do anything with a bit of wood, mate? Just try to move it on as quickly as possible. As he goes on to say, the main issue is I do not want to have 30-plus pallets gathering in my back garden as a, as a strange garden feature. Just get rid I would. And there's the whole idea that you can make garden furniture out of them. You can make a wood burner out of them. You can use them as burn. You can't. It, it takes you more time. It's cheaper to buy the wood to burn than it is to cut the pallets up. It's just painful. So you, I, I would be better, I think, if it was, if there's anything to do with me, I would just go, next next place, will you take them? If they say no, next place, will you take them? I've kind of got space in the back of my lorry. I'm lucky with that. And when I had a loot and I kind of had space, you could muck around with it a little bit. You could stack them up against the bulkhead, like, you know, on their end. So you could actually tidy them up should you need to. But I, I think you're best off getting rid as soon as you can. And finally, Steve, Steve Campbell says, the buzzer sound sounds a lot like the emergency bells at Durham. Yeah, we don't need to go back there, Steve. We're not going back there, so. Right, and I did the one about trip to Wales, which, like I say, was really popular. It got, like, 5,000 views in a week. I think it's had the most views of any in a short space of time of any video I've ever done, and I don't know why, because I've done these kind of videos before. I've done Aberdeen, I've done Edinburgh, I've done other ones, but maybe because it's over the Christmas period, and it's probably it was either that or watch, I don't know, repeats the countdown. So, um... But thanks very much for watching. Anyway, so, yeah, the trip to Wales. He said, Damien W. says, nice one, Pete. I know you take a different job. and I, Yeah, so that's that one. You take a different job, and after 10 minutes, they call you with a good one. It's that bird in the hand thing. So what do you do? Do you take the job that you don't want and then realise you're going to get one, the one pings up 10 minutes later, or do you not take the job that you don't want, sit there for an hour, and then realise that there are going to be no more jobs that day, or two hours, and you think, if I'd have taken the job I didn't want, I'll be halfway through it by now. I'm always a firm believer a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Take the job. Take the first job. Take any job you can that you can do that is for the right, that for good enough money, and if another one pings up, don't even look at it. But I do look at it. But don't even look at it because you're just rubbing salt in your own wounds, like you know. But you can't help it. But it's just the way of the world. It's just the way it works, you know. So, um, Hong Kong Fui says um, it happens all the time. Um, you sit around waiting for a job, only to get one to see a better job being up short. It's, it just is the way it is. Yeah, I think you're in agreement with me, mate. Um, Andy Darwin says hotel. What's wrong with stopping at seven and a half ton? I do stop at seven and a half ton. In fact, on the Wales video. I did stop at seven and a half ton in Bristol. Um, it depends. It depends what time I get back. The seven and a half ton is not like an eighteen ton. You haven't, or, or a twenty-six ton. You haven't got the stand-up facility. You haven't got the. I mean, if I had a regular bed, but it's once you're once because you, I have to convert mine. It's kind of a day bed type thing. So once you convert it down and the seats are down, you can't get out. You can't wander around. You're locked in that cab. So if you finish at like three o'clock in the afternoon and you decide you're going to get ready for the evening, 
You're in that cab from three in the afternoon until you start in the morning. You can be in that cab for like six, seven hours. It's not like you're going to actually think, well, I'm just going to go and have something to eat. I'm just going to have a wee or something like that. You're in the cab. So that is a problem. Also, it can be cold. It wasn't that cold. In fact, so I've got my night heater and all that. But And it also depends on how much the hotel is. If you can get one for like sometimes to stop at services, um, I was paying... I suppose it was 20, 20 odd pounds stop of services, 20, maybe 25, 28 with a, with a meal voucher, or I could get a day's in for like 38, 40 quid. And you think, well, for another tenner, I get a bed. I don't get the meal voucher, but I get a bed and I get a bath. I think, well, for tenner, I'm going to take it and I'll be mad not to. But no, I do sleep in the cab. I would be more inclined to stay in a cab more if it wasn't a converter cab, if it was a proper fixed, you know, like the Merck's got a proper sleeper cab, the CF has got a proper sleeper cab. I would be more inclined to do it then. Um, but at the moment, I'm, and I don't get out that often. And, of course, I can't afford to, I can't afford to take hotels because normally if I've taken a job which is taking me a million miles away, I've already put the hotel on the job. So if I've already worked out what it's going to be. This one, this one, this, one, this many miles, plus this many blank miles, plus room for the night. And if they go, yeah, we'll take it, if I don't have to use it, brilliant, because it's more money for me. But I, I've factored the cost in ahead of time, so that's what that's all about. But no, I do sleep in the cab. I do sleep in Alice. She's lovely. Um, B. Carroll says, he said, I'm surprised you use hotel. Nice to see a video from a seven and a half tons driver's point of view. Are you still planning to keep it, or will you upgrade to a larger vehicle? Any reason you don't look for looting or long wheelbase jobs? I will, like I said before, when we get fleet, eventually Alice will... I don't know, Alice will go when Alice goes. We may end up with five 18 tonnes and one seven and a half. There are advantages to seven and a half. Can go places the 18 tonnes can't. Has got clearance through the side. You know, there are advantages. Like, you know, they, they don't really outweigh you, really, but they, there are some in there. I don't look for loot and long wheelbase jobs anymore because... That is the real frustration if I take it. Unless, of course, sometimes. If it's a loot and curtain, and I would bid, and I'm in, like, say I'm in a Norwich, and there's a loot and curtain. I've known loot and curtain jobs can sell for £2 a mile. And I would go for £2 a mile if, if it was the right job. So, But on the whole, I'd kind of shoot myself in the foot. It's kind of a bit like driving around in, in a loot and van and bidding on motorcycle jobs. You know, it's kind of, you're almost better off hanging on and hoping that a better job pings up for more money than you are going for the lower van job. Um, Rob Skeen says, um, if you've got Netflix, you can download films onto your iPad so you don't need Wi-Fi connectivity. This is true. Although I have a problem that every time I download a film onto my iPad, when it comes to watching it, I suddenly decide I don't want to watch it anymore. And surely there is something better on there. That, it's the thing you do in Netflix, isn't it? You probably spend more time scrolling through, watch, looking, searching for something to watch than actually watching something. Well, you think if I just put something on, like, you know, I think that's why they now have this button, play me something, because you just spend so much time scrolling through it. But, yeah, you can do. I should do that, really. But the other the other thing is, a lot of the time, I don't know if I'm going to be out or not. And I've got that pad thing now, and it's, it works well. It wasn't dear. It, it's got Wi-Fi. It links up. It's cool, I think. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, Steve Athers. He says, um, get a little kettle for a brew, get a wee kettle for a brew and a hot wash in the morning. And always have baby wipes. He says, I spent 40 years living in the cab, but it's a little bigger than yours. So you see, the cab makes a difference. Uh, spending the time away is a real pain life on the road. I do a week and sometimes two. Before in Europe, uh, yeah, before in European, I'll be away for weeks. Um, it's, I think it's, I, I, and I even did 13 weeks away. That's a long time away, like, you know. Collect your bits and bobs from garages in a sealable tub. Yeah, I'd see that. You can get your milk and sugars and your McDonald's, anything from the clown shop, and you can put them in that little thing. That works really well. If I did F1 Jordan for three years on the exhibition side. Take TK. Take care, take money, Steve. Yeah. I know a lot of you guys are more, um, um, are more geared up than me. Steve Campbell says, what's posh coffee? One with hot water. Posh coffee is one with beans. You know, there is the one that we go, you know, like the uh, Morgan White sketch, that kind of stuff. And then there's the one that goes like this, spoon, plonk. Yeah, posh coffee is the one with beans. Coffee, posh coffee is £3 a cup. Or you use a clown shop, it's £1.10. Um, not posh coffee is the one that comes in a little jar and you use a kettle. That's the one that I put me flask in the morning, although I normally do tea. Sometimes I do coffee, but normally I do tea. Um, yeah, so more other people here. Um, Andy says, um, Andy, what's it? Oh, no, that's something else. Yeah, so like I say, more people with life on the road. We got any more lives on the road in here? Uh, let me just have a little look. 
don't think so. Uh, yeah. So, but no, if I was if I was on the road more often, I would be more organised. I may even do one of those cooking on the road where you get a little stove and you and you walk and you do it. I can cook. I'm not brilliant, but I can cook. You know, a little bit. You know, I do like the old curry and the old pastry thing. It's not rocket science. They don't, they've taught me how to do it. I've got some of that gusto stuff for all of the instructions, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm just not on the road enough. So Mark's Spencer sandwiches for me. Um, so we've done the thing about when they come out of McDonald's, the kids just staring at their phone. I sat there at McDonald's and watched two 18-year-old lads, 17-year-old lads, sit opposite each other, stare at the phone, maybe despair. Andy, Andy, what's it? He says, I saw four young people get into a car. The driver put the car into gear, and the very second the car moved forward, all the passengers at that moment, like drone people, took out their phones and looked at their screens. I was riding behind them for a good two miles. Um, he said the three of them just basically stared at their phones, not speaking to each other. He said... Um, he said, it's incredible. The thing about the phones, I've got nothing against the phones. Phones are brilliant. I'm recording my video on the phone. I use my phone for fat nav. I use my phone for getting the jobs. If I don't know anything, I don't have to go to a local library. I'll go, how old is Brian Clough? And the, well, he's dead. I should. I'm not good at football. Um, and it will tell you, they're brilliant, but you've got to use them responsibly. Know your audience. When you're sitting there and you've got people around you, I remember we was down at a pub and my mate Nigel, and he was, another mate of mine was there, and he was, I said, he said, what are you doing? He's on the phone, chatting to his mate. And I remember nice saying to him, he said, put your phone down. He said, stop talking to your virtual friends and start talking to your real ones. We're in front of you. So you've just got, it's down to you. Nothing wrong with phones. Nothing wrong with technology. It's the way you use it. That's what it's all about, like, you know. So, um, right, now, what was that one at the end of that one? Yeah. Um, Carl Hussein, he enjoyed the video. Thank you, Carl. He said, a little off topic. Um, oh, yeah, so when you was reversing back into the van, there was an original minivan part next to the modern mini. Talk about little and large. He said, thanks for posting. I'm dead lucky, Carl. Where are I? Because we're the family's all mini. My wife started it. She loved minis, and I went, okay, we'll get one. So we've always had minis. She had a mini. Then we had the Countryman. The child is now driving the Countryman. My wife has got a brand new car. She doesn't drive the brand new car. It sits on the driveway and looks pretty because she doesn't need to work in it anymore. But I don't mind. I'm fine about the fact that I'm driving a vehicle all day, every day, which costs about a quarter the price of her car. Not bitter. I'm not bitter in any way at all. I don't mind. I'm paying for a car now in any way, shape or form. And I've got my old mini. So, but where I park the lorry, bang opposite us, is Dan the Miniman, and he's he's a mechanic who specialises in minis. So it's dead easy. I mean, today, in fairness, I parked the mini up, I needed new tyres. I went to work, when I come back, the mini was done, two new tyres. It's got to do MOT on uh, Monday. I will park the mini up, when I get back, there'll be an MOT certificate sitting on the driver's side passenger seat. I'm dead lucky, and he, he really knows his stuff. He, I, I said he should do a YouTube channel just about minis, and he thought about it, but he hasn't, so... What can you do? Not everyone's not everyone's camera man like me. <laughs> um, right, so, um, yeah, it was another guy on the road. I knew there was another one. Wilma Wood, he says, no matter what you're driving, if you're on the road, you've got to earn a crust. He said, quick tip, get yourself a gas cooker, lad. Hot, 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 um, hot water for washing and coffee. SQ pan for meals proper. Happy New Year. Yeah, I, I have looked at it, but like I say, I do do flasks. I'm that organised. I do actually make two flasks in the morning. They tend to last me all day. And I've got two bottles of water and squash. That tends to last me too. Um, but I, I appreciate you guys that are out on the road all the time. You don't get really, you can probably get, you can get pretty bored of like takeaway food very quickly, like you know. So you might want to do your own thing. But for me, I'm just not away enough to justify it. it just doesn't. It's just not there, you know. Uh, Charlie Bronson says, and he's on the Amazon. He says Amazon is a complete joke. He says, I've delivered them for four years at the beginning. It was fine. I was doing around 120 drops per route and finishing in reasonable time. But every year the drops have increased and the pay barely moved. I eventually left the job in May 2020 after averaging 200 to 300 parcels a day. The strain on, strain on the mind, body and the van, it's not worth it anymore. It's a baptism by fire, Amazon. It, I don't like it. I don't think it's ideal. I think you're better off on the multi-drop. Having said that, particularly this time of year, where there's not a lot of work out there on exchange, and if you want a guarantee, get in a wage. In you know, you've got bills to pay. You've got a mortgage to pay. You want that bill. You know that money's coming in next week. It's there, isn't it? So we all do what we have to do to get by. Right. So, quick one to the wise guys here. Uh, Godzilla's now. He said he's got no logbook on his van. He's At Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So I've got no logbook on my van, which means the tax, the tax has run out in December, which means I can't tax it. Which is, so I've called the DVLA, they say they will, will rush me a logbook in around six weeks. Mm, that's a long time, isn't it? Turning work away, not happy. Now, Steve Campbell says you can tax a van without a logbook. He says you do it online with a dock reference number on your new keeper supplement if you bought a van and the tax ran out in December. I must say... Um, it must have already been in your name for the V11 tax reminder. Failing that, if you know someone who makes number plates, Steve, stop. Steve, enough already. Can I don't know what you do. I know that if you're driving a van without tax or MOT or insurance, you know, or a tax or MOT, your insurance isn't valid. Having said that, I also know that I've accidentally run out on tax before on vehicles, and what you do is when the tax thing comes in, you go, oh, it's not tax, so you, you pay it back. Sort to of where it was before. I don't know what you would do about that one. Um, surely there must be a way. It seems very frustrating that you can have a van sitting there for six weeks. So, guys, let me, let, let's, Godzilla, let's see if we can help Godzilla's out there. If you know any way around this or anything that can be done, if we can throw the guy a bone, let's face it, he's helping me every week. He's helping us every week with information. If anything we can do to help would be great. Uh, van on a run. Says, hi, mate. I hope you had a good Christmas. I did. It was lovely. <laughs> I relaxed a lot and uh, played a lot of Space Invaders. I played um, Far Cry 6. I'm currently halfway through Liberating Yara. 52 years old. You'd think I'd be through it by now. I grew up in, you know, I grew up with Atari Space Invaders. It's kind of got under my skin. Um, he says, um, my research shows that Arctic loads sell for similar money to 18 ton rigids and actually for the whole load space, not for half a load space. He said, I don't think. You know, you could get to in. I'm inclined to agree with you. I was talking to Ian today, my man who runs Arctics, and they don't, we don't do that. You know, they he, he said the Arctics are bringing in about six hundred pound a day. You aim to make six hundred pound a day. Now, in the eighteen tons, we're aiming to make five hundred pound a day. But you've got to bear in mind the Arctics got to be doing double fuel. It's easier, I think. You know, you do one trailer load from, like, say, Perfleet to Coventry, and there's your day's money. Then you take the empty trailer back and pick up another one or something like that. But it's easier. I just can't help feeling that for the amount of work you're doing for them, it should be dearer. You should be paying more money, but I guess competition is fierce. Let us know what you think. I don't know. Um, Ryan Moses. He says, um, hi, Pete. He likes the videos. Thank you, Ryan. He says, I'm about to put a ladder mine through his HGV and buy my first lorry. I'm currently running three and a half tonne and soon be running seven and a half tonne. What should I budget to pay for the CX? Uh, somebody said how much the CX is now. I think it's £1,600 a year. Now, if you want the HX, it's slightly dearer. So you've been paying an extra 20 quid a month. It doesn't actually work out that much dearer. It might say £1,800 a year. I don't actually know because I don't deal with that kind of thing. The um, office deals with that kind of things. But, um, yeah, you'd have to ring them. And I always say, if you can, get the cheapest deal you possibly can ring up. Don't be limited. If you're not limited, you don't want to be limited. They're charging more money. You want sole, sole um, you know, what they call it. Sole trader, nothing flash. Start with the most basic package you can. And if you find you need more bits, add them on. They'll happily take your extra money. If you pay the big money at first and go, actually, I don't need this and this, 
I, I don't feel so inclined to give it back, like, you know? So they're businessmen at the end of the day. They're business people. So I had nothing to do with them. But um, other than the fact that I used them and, you know, as a result, which I made these videos and I am, you know, I've got where I am today through the CX, but we're not actually affiliated in any way. So I would just ring them up. If you can get a free month out of them, sometimes if you mention my name, you get a free month because you're supposed to get a free month. If someone joins, they're supposed to give me a free month. They never give me a free month. But just say, Peter says he would like me to have his free month. And if it helps you, brilliant. That makes me happy. I'm fine. Um, miscellaneous, we're getting through it. It's going to be a long one because I've been away for a couple of weeks, are really? Um, we're on it. He said, Pete, the CX Fleet app is completely different to the CX Driver app. I am unable to search for options on the fly without going into the online version, altering search options and stuff like that. I've done a video on this. I'll, I'll do you a link. I said it's the most one of the most important videos I've ever done. What you need to do is go on a Google, log in, and you go, don't log in through the app that you get on your phone, go on to Google or Safari, then go on to Courier Exchange, and it will ask you, do you want to log on to the desktop version or the mobile version? Log on to the mobile version. This is all explained in the video. And then you can change your search parameters. You can search from here. You can search from there. You can search from 10 miles away. You can search from 30 miles. You can, you can say, I only want to see Luton jobs. I only want to see motorcycle jobs. I only want to see jobs that are going within 30 miles of where I'm going home to. You can change all that stuff on that. And it works. Sometimes I also found that jobs were being, in the old days, don't know if it's so much now, the jobs ping up on the desktop version before they ping up on the mobile version. They were selling quicker. I don't know if that's still the case. I've advanced because I've got Fleet. I just use Fleet. But try that. That should help you. I hope it does. Uh, Jeremy Hawk. He says, Pete, you touched on wear and tear on multi-drop. He said, I think it would be a good idea to cover maintenance, wear, tear in general. He said, I don't think many people are asking, um, people asking questions fully understand the cost of running a vehicle. My view of opinion is that a brand new van, like a four-meter Sprinter, will cost you around 750 to £1,100 a month, but very little in repairs in the beginning. Whereas a used van might cost like 300 you know, um, as your own repair budget. It's difficult. Everyone's difficult. I mean, I basically... The way I work it is I take the money that I take and um, if the vehicle needs repaired I'll get it fixed and I kind of think if you get to the end of the year and you paid all your bills and you've got money in your pocket you're winning and I also kind of think well I, I try and run as hard and fast as I can and make as much money as I can to cover any of these such eventualities everyone's different I must, off the top of my head I'd say if you stick 30 to 35% away to cover your tax, your diesel, your running expenses, your wear and tear, you should be okay. But I don't, I've never I've never drilled into it. I'm not that kind of a figures kind of guy. So once again, the wise guys, anyone who knows better, please let me know. I'll happily pass it on. Um, Andy Darwin says, um, are we that one? Can you make any money on the courier exchange transporting cars? In short, the, the, the short answer to this question, Andy, is no. The long answer to this question is no. It's a shame you can't. You get the very, very, I mean, there was a job out before Christmas, needs to pick up a Luton van and has to be brought back. And that job was on there for quite a while. It's not really a car transporting kind of thing. There are certain, you'd be better off if you've got a car transporter finding something a bit more specific or maybe with a breakdown thing. Well, that doesn't really work, does it? But yeah, no, there's not that many jobs in the exchange for transporting cars, I'm afraid. Sorry. Um, Ginatus Nick says, Pete, thanks for the questions. He says, um, I feel I don't make a statement. The Luton drivers here as what they use. He says, um, no, he says, he says, none of us should charge less than one pound for uh, one fifty a mile unless on a really long journey because basically it's a heavy, large vehicle consuming a lot of diesel. It's expensive servicing van, wear and tear tires, all this kind of stuff. Um, and he says, if you, there's absolutely no reason why you should charge any less money than one fifty a mile. The problem we've got with that one, you know, is the fact that the exchange is a bidding site. And I've also done one before on the conveyor belt full. Some people will bid stupid money, and then they'll go bust. And then as soon as they go bust, another person will come in and start bidding stupid money. Um, also, the problem is you're up against the fact that I might be in a Luton van, and I might be sitting in um, Brighton, and a job might ping up to, like you know, to to, to my yard. It might be going to say I don't know Smart Touch Paint Hire, and I go. 
that's taking me exactly home. And because it is exactly the job, I'm going to go, I so want that job. I'm parked opposite it, and it might be the place opposite me, go out to my yard. So all I've got to do is knock on the door, pick it up, drive home. So I'm going to be that cheap. Yes, there are certain prices you really shouldn't go down below, but you can't. There's so many imponderables. You can't fox that one. I do think you're right. I always try to go, um, I mean, I try to get the best I can. So now, But then having said also, this time of year, I've noticed there, were, there was very few jobs on there. So I've, I've lowered my prices a little bit because I'm fed up with sitting there bidding on a job, not winning, bidding on a job, not winning, bidding on a job, not winning, and going home because there's no jobs. So I'd rather do something a little bit cheaper. But you do get to the point where you go, well, that is the cheapest I can do. If someone else wants to do it for less money than that, let them. Because I ain't going to work for nothing. As my mate Dave the Chris always said, plenty of work for those that work for nothing. I'd rather let someone else do it, let them do their diesel, let them end up in the middle of nowhere, let them come home and go, what'd I do that for? Because I, you know, I, you, you've got a bottom line. Everyone's got a bottom line. But your bottom line is, unfortunately, is, isn't dictated. It's down to you. Um, Elvis GT says, um, I was a sub to one career company, but I was also doing my own jobs um, like motorcycle transport removals and things like that on the side. It's one day 300 quid, uh, one day 40, sometimes nothing at all. At a hot shop for 600 quid. He said, the job is stupid. He said, van work is slavery, um, but it can pay off. Jobs from a platform like the CX, you know, Heathrow to Norwich, 133 quid, no backload. He, 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 he said, van work is finished. Elvis, I'd like to agree with you, mate, but there's a load of people out there that are doing it, and they're doing it okay. Like I say, everybody does it their way. And if you treat the idea of the CX, really, it's a backload platform. So you get your own jobs in the van, local jobs. You say to the lady over there, or I'm going to move that sofa, it's going to cost you real money. Then you move the sofa, make your money, and then you look on the CX to take you home. Because otherwise, if you've got to go from Luton and Norwich... You ain't going to know anyone in Norwich. You're guaranteeing you're going to come back empty. Whereas if you go to Luton Norwich, you might ping up and you go, hey, huh? there's a job here going from Norwich to Milton Keynes. I'm going to take that. It's a backload platform. That was what it was designed to be. I can, we kind of still use it as a, as a main earner, and it can be used as a main earner, but I, it was it is developed as a backload platform. And as a backload platform, I've got to say it's the best one there is out there. Pains me to say it, but we use it all the time. So it is. Um... Bills is the guy who said it's £1,600 to join the CX. It's a, Bill said £1,600 to join the CX, it's a rip-off. Thing is, Bill, as I've just said, if you break that one down, it's £1,600 a year. So that works out at about, let me think off the top of my head, that's a hundred and what? Oh, my math isn't brilliant. Call it £120, £130 a month. Uh, call it £120 a month. I think it's a little bit more. So it's, all right, let's call it, so that's £40 a week. So it's £50 a week, 10 or a day. If you get all £50 a week, that means if you've got the CX and you get one job a week off it that pays you, say, £70 after your diesel, pays for itself. It's, um, it's expensive. And it is much more expensive now than it was when I joined it three years ago. But they're only going to charge what people will pay. So eventually they'll get to the point where they, they charge too much money and people start dropping off and then they'll have to drop their prices. Is it, is it a rip-off? I suppose it depends how you use it. It's up to you at the end of the day. I'm not telling anyone to do it. By all means, turn it in. Makes no difference to me. You know, sort of. And if you do think it's too expensive, I've known people that have been on the CX for a lifetime that have gone, oh, I'm not paying it anymore. My mate Simple Brian, don't pay it no more. If he needs a truck, he rings me. So they've, they've had enough. And some people will have had enough. It's all down to you guys. I never tell anybody what to do. It's all down to you. And Bill goes on to say, all right, so I'm trying to get my head around the mile you charge. Let's say you do a 35-mile job, and it's £35. It's not a pound a mile, unless that's 50p a mile, driving the job. Yeah, no, I don't, Bill. I don't work that way. This is just an average. On average, I try to, on my jobs, when I was driving a Luton van, I would try to get around 110 a mile. So if it came in, that's how I'd bid the job. So if a job came in and it's 60 miles or 100 miles, I'd go, right, I'm going to put in a bid for 110 quid. Um, and it'd have to be relatively close to me, and I'd have to hope I could get a job back. If the job was only going to go 10, 15 miles, I wouldn't put a bid in for £15. I'd put a bid in for, what my minimum was, about 60, 50, 60. If it was going from Milton Keynes to Leighton Buzzard, and I was in Milton Keynes, I might bid in 40 quid. 
because I'm going home that way anyway. But it's not, as I've said before, it's not like I can give you a graph and say, if you're here at this time with this vehicle, you need to charge this much money because that's the right money. It don't work that way. It's emotional. It's kind of a feeling. You charge what you want to charge, and hopefully you'll make a go of it. All I try to do here is tell, well, all I ever do is tell people what I've done, what I've done wrong, what I've done badly, what I've done really badly, what I've done really wrong, um, and I just try and give you a rough idea of how I think it works. But at the end of the day, it's just my opinion. And my opinion's worth nothing really isn't. I've only been doing this for a year, so I still don't know what I'm doing. I've got a clue. So, well, that's not true. I've got a minor clue now. I'm getting better. But, yeah, I just try and give you an outside of what's going on. I hope it helps. And in conclusion, it's been a long one. <laughs> uh, well, you've done you've done a lot out from Wales. I'm sure you've been with most of you. I'm sure most of you turned off by now. Uh, Jeff Seymour says, I, Pete, I feel your pain about the... <laughs> what is it with a high wicked roundabout? It's bizarre. Who decided to do a roundabout and then carve a bloody the the road straight through the middle of it? That's just mental. Um, Jeff Seymour says, I feel your pain. I do the Hemel Hempstead roundabout in my seven and a half ton, and I do the junction at High Wycombe every other day on my way back from Reading. Hemel Hempstead I can deal with. It's just six many roundabouts on abouts. Just happens to be there on another roundabout. But the High Wycombe one is just like, dang, on, this lane's going where? What? Hello? I'm sure people from High Wycombe going, my roundabout's fine, your Hemel one's nightmare. Who else has got a difficult roundabout? Please. Add it in the comments. Uh, Dave Winter, because I've got the new Jaws sweatshirt going on at the moment, and he, he says, nice Jaws sweatshirt. Be lucky. <laughs> I'll find him for three. I'll catch him and kill him for ten. And my final run, my final one today, final one from Taj Patel, who says, um, because I said about tea coffee with um, Zig and Zag on the Wales video, he said, the official term for tea coffee is cough tea. I suppose it would have to be coffee because if it wasn't coffee, it would be toffee. And that would be something else. But I thought, just as a little supplementary at the end, I've never tried it before, we'd make a little cup of tea coffee and see how it goes. So um, in the meantime, stay tuned. In the meantime, 2022, this year's our year, guys. Girls, we're going to go out. We're going to smash it. Take care. Take money. And carry on watching if you want to find out what tea coffee tastes like. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.